Chapter Two of Neither Here Nor There. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Neither Here Nor There by Oliver Herford. Chapter Two Our Leisure Class. Once, and not so terribly long ago at that, we used to be very fond of telling ourselves and our visitors from Europe that in America, we have no leisure class. That there were people of leisure in our midst we could not deny, though we preferred to call them idle rich, but as for a special class whose whole business in life was to abstain from all useful activity, oh no! Even our idle rich, unblessed as they are with a hereditary gift for idling and untaught save by a brief generation or two of acquired experience, find the profession of leisure a strenuous not to say noisy task. For while those to the leisure born know by the very feel of it that the habit of idleness is a perfect fit, the newly idle must look for confirmation in the mirror of public admiration, hence publicity, the blare of the Sunday supplement. But taken as a class our idle rich, though it is being rapidly licked or lick-spittled into shape, is at best an amateur aristocracy of leisure. For the real thing, for the genuine hunting, sporting, leisure-loving American aristocracy, we must go back to the aboriginal red man, and how the busybody Puritan hated the Indian, with his air of well-bred taciturnity, his love of sport, of rest, of nature, and his belief in a happy hereafter. The noble red man was in every respect his hateful opposite. Yet if any pilgrim brother had dared even to hint that the Indian might have points of superiority, it would have been the flaming woodpile for him or something equally disagreeable in the purifying way how different it might have been. If only the Puritan had been less stuck up and self-righteous, the red man less reserved. If they could but have understood that nature intended them for each other, these opposites, these complements of each other, why else had nature brought them together from the ends of the earth? But, alas, eugenics had not yet been invented, and the Puritan and the Indian just naturally hated each other at first sight. And so, like many another matchmaker, Mother Nature slipped up in her calculations and a wonderful flower of racial possibility was forever nipped in the bud. If the Puritan, with his piety and thrift and domesticity and his doctrine of election and the noble red man, with his love of paint and syncopated music and dancing and belief in a happy hereafter, had overcome their mutual prejudices, and instead of warring with flintlocks and tomahawks, had pursued each other with engagement rings and marriage licenses, what a grand and glorious race we might be today! What a land of freedom might be ours! End of chapter 2 Recording by Philip Gould